Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is the 50th episode. Yay! Now, as most of you are aware, um, this isn't actually the 50th release because there's a lot of podcasts I do that I split into two, uh, but this is the 50th own one. So yeah, 50th episode. Huzzah! Um, what we've decided to do is do a collaboration with the Crazy Train podcast. Now, the Crazy Train podcast is a part of Emotionally 14. Um, two of Emotionally 14's other podcasts is the E14 Gamecast and Talk Star Wars. Now, essentially, all we did is we decided to chat over Skype, and we chatted for t- over two hours, um, and The Crazy Train is much like some of the podcasts I've done in the past with Bradley, um, with my friend Johnny. Um, before Christmas, I did one with my friend TJ and called, like, TJ Ramble or something. Basically, just the kind of podcasts where I don't have a specific structure or anything specifically to talk about. You just end the conversation and just start chatting and see where it kind of takes you, and that's precisely what we did this time. Now, this is part two of this chat. Um, you can find part one on the Crazy Trains feed. Um, I've included a link in the description, but if you just type in the Crazy Train into any of your podcatcher apps, uh, you should be able to find it. It'll be their most recent episode as of recording this, um, which I believe is number 77, but it says Mike from Genuine Chit Chat in there, so it's not very hard to find. Now, obviously, you don't have to go over to um, Crazy Train and listen to part one of this chat. I recommend it. It's good for their show. It's good for this show. And, you know, if you like genuine chit chat and you like a lot more of the sort of comedic episodes where we're just chatting about this, that and the other, then the Crazy Train is a great podcast to check out as well. Now, in part one of the chat, so if you go over and find out from them, um, you'll hear there's a lot of talks about movies, including ones about The Meg and The Room and one called Monster Brawl. Um, we speak about how I kind of got into podcasting and where the name Genuine Chit Chat came from. Um, we talk about The Great Laptop Burial, so be sure to check that out. Um, YouTube and a few other things, basically what I did before podcasting, my experience a little bit and that sort of stuff, and then just kind of movies and this, that, and the other. I mean, as I say, it's kind of hard to choose because, you know, every few minutes the topic kind of changes. Now, in this chat, obviously it continues the sort of sporadic subject matter, um, but we speak about the death of Toys R Us, um, as well as Nicolas Cage's acting. Um, We talk about Star Wars for a little bit, and we talk about what constitutes milking a franchise, um, as well as merchandising, and we speak about Harry Potter and minute-by-minute movie review podcasts, you know, they basically do minute by minute and they talk about it for like 20 minutes we talk about that a little bit um we talk about how much hard work it is doing a podcast as well as how important collaborations are and things um we talk about toxic fandoms and sort of trying to keep fans happy and things you know star wars the conversation about star wars kind of comes off that essentially um and we talk about buying things and loads of other stuff you know i'm not going to bore you with too many other details or i'll just be chatting this entire time and it'll be far too much of a long intro so yeah now, before the chat gets properly started, um, there's a promo for the Show Me Your Playlist podcast, so be sure to check those guys out. And um, that's about it, guys. So, you know, thank you for anyone who's been listening, whether this is your first time or you've come from Emotionally 14 or if you've just stumbled onto this or if you've been listening for a long time. Thank you very much. You know, I really appreciate everyone who listens to this. It makes doing this much more satisfying and fun, you know, having more and more people listen. And as I always say, if you like this, you know, review on iTunes, that sort of jazz, but also share on social media because... This show may not be everyone's cup of tea 100% of the time, but I'm sure there'll be at least one episode that someone you know will enjoy, so any sharing of this show is always appreciated. Anyway, after the promo, the full chat will start, and then I'll be back at the end to give some more information on future episodes, so thanks for listening as always, guys, and I'll talk to you all at the end. 
Do you make playlists? Of course you do, and so do I. I'm Katie Kruger, and Show Me Your Playlist is the podcast where I sit down and talk to a new guest each week that has something to say and a playlist to share. Get inspired and find new music each week. Follow us on Instagram at Show Me Your Playlist, and don't forget to listen to Show Me Your Playlist on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Well, yeah, it's also, if you give him a shit gift, at least he can play with, at least he can fuck off for a while, we can have some peace. Exactly. So, you know, it's like, oh, PlayStation 2, amazing. How did you know? It's like, we didn't. We just assumed it would make you fuck off for the re- <laughs> for the next six years. It's like, <laughs> Let's just hope they're not Christmas. We can just get drunk <laughs> and not have to worry about you anymore. Exactly. And I mean, they certainly seem to go down that route a few times for Christmas. So, you know. Yeah, not and that's to... why you've got Papa PlayStation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I, now I've kind of kept it. It's like a, anytime I think my parents are stressed, I go out and buy a console. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, run out of room <laughs> okay just a stack to the walls of them just like exactly yeah just boxes and boxes of the fucking things i forget just just, crying. how just the crying hell am room. i gonna store these damn things <laughs> don't it worry becomes, about that just buy another one i'm getting I, I realized i'm getting old like the other day and this kind of it ties into it because i i realized that one of the things i'm getting old about is i don't buy things if i can't think of where i'm going to keep them anymore and when i was younger i didn't think about those things i just bought stuff i liked but now i mean on the it's, it's kind of nice for my budget because it means i'm not just spunking money up the wall like a giant nine-year-old but it means that you know i look i go into like the entertainer and it's like, oh star wars black series figures half price i'm like oh amazing i want they've got lando i want lando but where the fuck am i going to keep lando and i don't buy lando and it's Lando. <laughs> it's like, it's Lando Carizian. Like, this is, I feel like if I don't buy it, I'm racist. <laughs> this this <laughs> well, is the world I've been conditioned into. Well, in all the Star Wars trilogies, there's just one token black guy, you know? Yeah, Which is really exactly. funny. It's really funny because you've you got the prequels, you've got Samuel Jackson slash Miss Windu, originals yeah. Billy Williams and Lando. Hugh and then Crash. Yeah, you've got Hugh Crashy as Captain Panaka in the, in the prequels, but he's kind of in one film and then doesn't turn up ever again. <laughs> yeah, just like, we don't really need him anymore, you know? Yeah, for too much money. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, that happened in the Matrix, right? Didn't they kill a character off because the actor was like, "This is a bi- this is a big film. I know I'm worth this time." And they were like, "No, you fucking don't." <laughs> yeah, no, I think he was with um, Phantom Menace. I think, uh, yeah, Captain Panaka asked for too much money, going, "Yeah, they can't kill off Captain Panaka." And then, one about the, yeah, obviously, very first scene of episode two, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Not only can we. We shall, and we'll yeah, make it really, really, big, really, really early on. Like it's the first. Yeah. In fact, it's basically the first thing in the film. I wonder if that was like when they sat in the script, you know, in the script writing, the first read of the script. George was like, "Right, so the first thing I made sure to do was kill off Captain Panaka, to, so we don't have to deal with this shit anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not only to make it worse, we're going to make it really obvious it's not the same actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just some dude. It's fine. Nobody will know. Nobody will care. Huh. To be fair, Captain Panaka is not exactly the kind of character I would imagine was flying off the shelves at, at like toy shops. No, no probably no. not. I mean, no. It's like, Daddy, Daddy, I want the sort of, you know, the perfectly functional guard of the Queen. Like, don't you just want the Queen? No, no, no. I really will just want her admin stuff. 
Well, they're going to be really mad with it. Oh, <laughs> you say, oh, the black guy in Star Wars. What, the one with the gun? No, the one who can do magic. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, you just have the choice. That's that's the, that's your lot, I'm afraid. Yeah. He, probably out, he probably still outsold Chancellor Valorum there. I would imagine the Chancellor Valorum action figures are not, they're probably peg warmers even now, 20 years later. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you go into the right comic shop, you can probably still find one, like brand new. Just mint, <laughs> on, mint on, yeah, mint on card, like 50p. And it, when you look closer at the label, it's like, we'll give you 50p to take it. <laughs> please, <laughs> yeah, please. Exactly. He's just, we've got, so, we've got fucking boxes of Rogue One stuff in the back. We can't put it out. He's just warm every single peg. We thought there'd be a bigger uptake on Chancellor Valorum action figures, and we fill their entire fucking warehouse with them. <laughs> I should have got the Toys R Us when it was shutting down. Yeah, <laughs> well, have got yeah, one. About that. Oh, that was sad. Like, just, I, I was thinking about it. Like, why was it so sad? And I think... They had to put down the giraffe. That's what's so upsetting about it. That is pretty upsetting. Because, mm. like, they keep, you keep hearing about how they're fucking endangered. And you're like, well, make your mind up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the reasons it was sad for me is, like, our local Toys R Us, Blake, I know you've been to it, Mike... You may have like an equivalent, like you may have had an equivalent. Southampton, we have a proper big one right next to the train station, like the center of town. So there you go. So it's like, used as reference point for a lot of the city. So yeah, I'll meet you. I'll meet you outside Toys R Us. Okay, cool. Toys cool. R Us. Wait, I'll meet you by the train station. What the Toys R Us side or the uh, little subway side? It's Toys R Us. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Well, why would somebody choose the little subway side given those two options? It's like you could really easily miss a little subway, whereas Toys R Us is fucking enormous. Yeah, it is. The Toys R Us there is colossal. I don't really know what they're doing with it now, but there's also like a colossal car park in front of it now as well. So yeah, it's it's, it's like. But the the reason I think it was sad for me to not only to find out it was closing, but also to go in there nearer the time it shut. I think the reason is because a lot of shops over time, even if they stay the same chain, they refurbish and they re they lay things out differently and they change the way the shelving's organized. And so you walk in and it's a completely different layout and you have to get used to it and stuff. The Toys R Us near me never did that. Not once. And it was always exactly the same layout. The only thing that was different was what was on the shelves. And I think because it had been that kind of fixture of my childhood and it looked exactly the same as it did then, it was doubly sad mm. because I kind of walked in and was like, oh shit, like, this is really fucking depressing mm. yeah because it's all kind of gone there was like tw- i think there were maybe two dozen items on the shelves by the end yeah and it was um and funnily enough it was a general hux action figure which oh, i ended yeah. up i ended up buying because i thought oh, a friend nice. I, my friend collects and i thought he needed one and then i messaged him and i didn't get a reply so i was like fuck it it's four pounds i'll take the punt just in just in case and he messaged me about 10 minutes after i got out of the shop saying oh i got one but thank you for checking but <laughs> Well, I can't return this. It's Toys of Fucking Us. They're shutting down in a week's time. Like they're gonna basically just I'm basically just I could be less offensive by walking and just spitting in the face of a random staff <laughs> member at this point. Rather than going in and trying to return my four pound three and three quarter inch general hucks. I've kept it in the end. I've still got it. Mint on cards. I expect it to be worth money, never. <laughs> <laughs> it depends um, I suppose if anyone suddenly if in the ninth film Hux is suddenly a badass but I think we could all see he's going to be even more I even really more. hope he is because I loved him in episode 7 I, I think he's fantastic I, as I a think character, he is good yeah. yeah 
I think I think he's absolutely brilliant as a, as a character, and I think the whole dynamic with him and Kylo Ren, like trying to impress Snoke. There's like, so much potential there. For, there's so much potential for Episode Nine for that. Just mm. so much, so much. Yeah. But I, I feel like they'll fuck it up. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think there was. I think it's too much hype. I think it's just one of those things where, like, I mean, Force Awakens had a huge amount of hype, but everyone's yes. most people are just kind of like, yeah, it was a good movie. It's a bit too similar to the other ones, but it's yeah. still really good. And then Last Jedi, everyone's like, it's way too different. It's crap. And it's like, I, I'm not Pick saying up. it's a perfect movie by any stretch, yeah. but like it's like this thing of like there's the, the, the people who hate Star Wars more than anyone else is Star Wars fans because <laughs> they're just never fucking happy What's that, that, um, the, the Simpsons meme where it's like groundskeeper Willie going <laughs> damn Star Wars fans you ruined Star Wars <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean I can certainly see where that would where that would start you know where that yeah. would start bleeding through you know like uh, it's pretty they're not the easiest. I think fandoms in general are not are probably the hardest people to please mm. of any fans. They're just the fandom is the place where the worst kind of it's not the worst. I don't want to say worst like they're horrible people because they're not. They're just very, 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 very particular about what they like. Like you know, there, there was um. So I say to, to touch back on wrestling. There was the Royal Rumble was the day before yesterday, Sunday, Sunday night into Monday for us in the UK. And, um, you know, the number of threads that were like, the only, the only reason they were happy was because precisely the people they wanted to win the Royal Rumble won the Royal Rumble. Any other result out of 30 people would have been a riot. It's just like, you, it's really like, I don't think people who really want these things to, they want, they, you know, they want these particular characters to be pushed. If they got what they wanted completely all the time, they'd find something else to complain about. Well, it's like, there's only so many belts to go around. But that's what Force Awakens was. Force Awakens was the, because obviously everyone said about the prequels, is like, oh, it's too different, too weird, there's too many crazy characters that are shit, there's too much dialogue that's pithy, unnecessary, and yeah. badly written. So they were like, okay, we'll do the safe option, we'll do a story that's pretty similar, it's fairly predictable, but it's got, you know, quips in it, and good dialogue, and everything's very visually stunning. And then it was like, this is boring and predictable. It's like, okay, we'll do Last Jedi, which is so unpredictable that it yeah. literally more it's, happened in that film than almost any trilogy put together <laughs> and it was like oh no it's shit it's like, why is it shit it was because Luke wasn't the way I liked him in Legends it's like yes because this isn't fucking Legends no it was like they went or they deliberately made that Legends so they could tell these stories and like you can you know if you want it like this is the thing if people want to kind of have a discussion about what they would have liked to see instead that's that's fine but you know there's a reason there's a reason they made those choices it's so they could tell new stories in place because if I've often, I've often said this about like when they adapt video games into films, it's the f- most thankless job you can possibly do because the hardcore fans of the games are going to go boring. I know this already. And then the people who, if you make it too far removed, the people who love the games are going to be like, this is not, you might as well are not bothered. It's like, it's not an adaptation at all. It's like, make your fucking mind up. <laughs> like there's no winning, you know? So I, I, I can appreciate way more a video game adaptation that just doesn't blow chunks. Mm, if it's just yeah. not complete shit, I'm generally pretty content. Speaking of that, have you two seen the Assassin's Creed movie? No, but I've heard uh, it's <laughs> it not is, cheap enough yet. Is <laughs> one of it's so so bad. Like uh, there's not that many movies I've see, I've seen in my life that I think are genuinely horrendous. Like there's probably about ten or fifteen I see are legitimately terrible. Most other yeah. ones I'm just kind of like, meh, it was all right. It's very rare to see a film that's actually terrible, but like, yes. meh, it was all right. Or, but um. Yeah, one of them is Hulk. That film is fucking terrible. That's but, not um, good. Yeah, that film is not good. It's, it's offensively bad. But um, 
So how do you make the most strong, angry person a complete pussy? Like just whinging the whole film and it's mm. so boring. And I don't yeah. like to use the word pussy because now it's become this uh, loaded term because it's like derogatory obviously in some way. But it's like in that one scenario, it works. Like having yeah. Bruce Banner based <laughs> whinging about being Bruce Banner is pathetic. Yeah. It's like the human torch saying, it's a bit hot in here, isn't it? It's like, oh, fuck off. I'm warm. <laughs> I'm warm. I can tell to the All my clothes melt. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what happened with um, the first Ghost Rider, the Nick Cage Ghost Rider, the first one was basically just, oh, I want to be Ghost Rider. I don't like my head being on fire. It's hot. I don't like it. The Nick Cage twist of like half really not knowing if he's actually acting or if it's actually happening to him. That's the weird thing. <laughs> you, watch, you watch one of the new Nick Cage films and you're like, does he actually think he's in these situations and this is Nick Cage acting or is he actually just this bad? <laughs> fucked him up because from there, he's just always been like that. He just thinks he's kind of half a badass all the time. Yeah, I like the idea that he was like during the entire production of Con Air, he was convinced that he was a reform, like a criminal who was on his way back to his family. Yeah, I committed the crime. <laughs> <laughs> it explained a lot, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It really would. It just the idea of John Malkovich just like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? He's <laughs> just talking to him in between takes, and he's like, what are all these cameras for? <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember my train of thought now. Choo choo, crazy train. Crazy train. This is a very genuine chit chat, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We're in hour two, Mike. Come on, on brand. (laughs) I'm trying to be as genuine as I can. I'm sorry. Oh, well, chit chat away, but you know. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom. Yeah. and I'm interested while we're just uh, vaguely on uh, the subject of um, Star Wars. Do you which trilogy do you think? I know the new trilogy is now, yeah, but if you just do you think that this new trilogy is better or worse than prequels? Because I imagine you'd say that most people original trilogy is the most consistent, the best trilogy. Um, but you know, I mean, I, my favorite film of them all is Episode Three. I love I think, Episode Three, and, and I, think, like, I think I think you're with I think the last like 40 minutes is some of the best Star Wars. It's not like the most Star Warsy Star Wars there is. It's just it is two gigantic, or one big force battle, a big lightsaber battle, mm. great music, brilliant set pieces, and you don't have to worry about some of the pithy dialogue. It's just all so well choreographed yeah. and it's brilliant. And the darkness of when everyone criticizes Hayden Christensen's acting, which I'm not arguing with, but when he goes dark and he kills the people and he slaughters the younglings, you really feel it. And you're like, fucking yeah. hell, that is, that doesn't, like, you watch, yeah, you watch um, the Death Star blow up older on in new hope and it's like hmm, that's kind of sad and then you actually yeah. someone literally basically a light sword to slaughter a child yeah fucking hell. something um brad who's like i say he's on he's on talk star wars and he's been on here a few times he's something he pointed out about um rogue one that makes episode three a darker movie is the corridor scene with vader mm. you saw all of that but they didn't show you what he did to the young <laughs> Yeah, that's like, a very good point. Jesus. Like, yeah, when he pointed that out, I was like, oh shit. It's like, now I need a hug. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's grim. Yeah, that is. I mean, yeah. you know, I can imagine him like decapitating a lot of them, just doing like a big swing and all their heads flying off. But yeah, just throwing the lightsaber out, just slicing his way just through. Cutting and just, them through, and like a couple yeah. of them like crawling on the floor, like crying as their like, arms are like, bleeding off, and like a seven year old. Because of course they're kids as well, so they're like easily, probably easily led. So he's like, you know, Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? It's like, stand in a line. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me just stab him into the your neck to one just, go. That was easy. <laughs> Kids are stupid. <laughs> anyway. Oh, job done. On with all the 66 and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pip, pip, on we go. <laughs> on we go. Anyway, on to the next uh, room full of children to massacre. On to the next Lord. Yeah, I can imagine. That's the thing as well. It's like, there wasn't just one room, was there? There probably was quite a few 
classes of younglings, they didn't all just congregate in one place, surely. Exactly. Well, it's the amount of, I mean, he killed the younglings which were like Padawans as well, which were like, yeah, you know, basically really young 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good point I hadn't thought of. No. Um, this is yeah, it. Like, it's a big place. You know, that Jedi Temple is not small. So the yeah, idea yeah, that, exactly. like, and also he would have worked his way through all the different school years. Like, he's, mm. you know, the six formers are all like, they're probably last because, like, you probably end up having, it takes time with that. You probably have to, you know, he probably, he probably had to work his way up to that because there's probably quite a few of them and maybe they're a bit more savvy than the little kids. Little mm. kids is like the easy, you know, the tutorial. In, like, <laughs> the in order 66. <laughs> yeah in the order 66 that's basically the tutorial like you get through you get the youngling slaughter out of the way and you figured out what the controls do and then you're going on to taking on the next levels and then the final boss is all the uh all the six formers and all the uni all the clearance people yeah <laughs> a bit like the wookie snapping in fourth unleashed yeah basically like that whole first level you just play as Darth Vader just tossing Wookiees around yeah, just destroying them. I want to say Force Unleashed that is my favourite probably video game ever it's uh, a, a great game it's so that's, it's so much fun next tattoo actually is going to be a Force Unleashed it's, the, it's my favourite Legends material of all Star Wars and nice. it's also probably yeah, my favourite video game probably ever just because it's that I can't remember what it's called my mate I think he called it like power porn almost. Like the reason you're like, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. We're just so fucking strong. Yeah. It's not necessarily the game's actually a challenge. If you're not really hard mode, it can be, but it's more yeah. just, you're so brutal against everything. Like God of War's got that. And a lot of the hacker slashy sort of games are just like, you are way stronger than fucking everything. Yes, indeed. Out. Yeah. Well, I was just playing, um, not long ago, I was playing Hyrule Warriors on the Switch, which is yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like the Legend, Legend of Zelda Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah I've got that um, yeah, and I was sitting there playing it going, this is amazing. I've been going for about five minutes. I've killed 3,000 things. This is incredible. <laughs> I feel fucking wonderful. Like, real-time strategies, I can do that. But, you know, in, in uh, action games, I don't tend to get that much, you know, yeah, that much kind of... swipe and you kill, like, you know, 15 people at one go. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, the special attacks, like, 150 killed. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is the greatest thing. Like I, I just want to spend all my time doing this. Also in the game, Ganondorf. You play Ganondorf, yeah, yeah. and you're just fucking gigantic as well. And is he yeah, more exactly. so someone evil trying to kill all these things? Yeah, but just anything with a anyone with a big, yeah, you know, big sword, Luke, any kind of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, so just anybody can just cleave a fucking great hole in a big crowd of enemies coming at you. Is aces in my book? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with um, so where is your favourite Star Wars trilogy? Have you guys? Or, or, or generally, what do you think of the new ones? I'm just curious. Blake, do you want to? You haven't spent um, a chance to talk much because yeah, I'm just. Up. <laughs> You're very worried with this crazy train. Crazy, genuinely, um, pretty, pretty much standard. Pretty much standard. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, I suppose it is tough with that. I mean, I think for me, in terms of ordering of the trilogies, I, I like, um, even though. Like Force Awakens is fairly, you know, I agree with you. It is basically generic. It's a bit of a retread in quite a few places. I still rate it. Possibly, you know, it's. I sort of think of it. I sort of rate all my films in terms of where how I feel about the film. Like I'd actually say, like my least favorite would be Episode Two, for example. Fair. I think yeah, mine. Um, mine is the Tartos, not the Tartovsky, the uh, the CG Clone Wars. Only because. Oh, sorry, I wasn't. Yeah, only because I can't remember anything about that film, and I can at least say that episode two has some good bits. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I would say, okay, Clone Wars episode two being around that part. Mm -hmm. um, Last Jedi probably about above that. Mm -hmm. 
Because, um, I mean, some films I rewatch and I actually think, oh, they actually get a bit better. Right? Episode one, weirdly, I think has got a little bit, that I yes. always feel is a little bit better every time I watch it. I agree with you, but I hate Jar Jar more. Jar Jar annoys me every time I watch it more. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, by no, it's by no means a perfect film, obviously. No, no, no. no. But, but it's, it's him being effective as a character, though. He's designed to be annoying. Mm. Yeah. So it's good. It's, to, you it's, know, it's, it's actually if he's responsible well. for starting the Clone Wars or something. I know, right? It's weird. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, one of the best things of episode three, he has no speaking part. <laughs> yeah, you can just see him looking solemn. It's like, so you yeah. fucking should, Jar Jar. You started the Clone Wars. <laughs> all this shit. Yeah, this is all yeah. your fault. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Jar Jar. You start, and not for the reasons you'd expect either. It's because you started the fucking Clone Wars, you knob. Because hmm. that's the thing. I, I mean, yeah, I, think episode, I agree. Episode three is, is possibly the, is the best Star Wars film. I do have a lot of love for Rogue One as well, but that's a that's a film I that I've actually love Rogue One that I do really love. Yeah, every good. time I watch it, substantially. I first watched it, I was like, I didn't like it as much because it was the first Star Wars without the Force properly or lightsabers. Yeah, scene. But I was like, it's not really what I like Star about Star Wars. And then I watched it again, and also I, I was hung up on the thing. I knew the story because obviously, in, you know, New Hope. She mentions got the Death Star plans. Everyone died to get it, and then as yeah. soon as the film was announced, I was like, well, they were going to die then. Yeah, yeah. So from that. Yeah, yeah, you sort of know about Once you get over that. It comes. Yeah, it's about the journey, really. Yeah, yeah. I I was too hung up on that. I rewatched it a couple of times. I was like, okay, no, this is fucking brilliant. (laughs) But uh, yeah, because I actually think, sadly, well, ironically, I think Disney's best output so far has actually been the stuff that's not been the new trilogy. (laughs) Because I think, because I really love Rogue One. Um, I really loved Rebels. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I've seen Rebels and uh, all of Clone Wars, uh, but I've only watched a bit of Resistance. Yeah, I've not seen Resistance yet, my thing. Yeah, no, no, I do need to watch that. um, Yeah, and um, I mean, Han Solo was, uh, sorry, Solo was troubled, but it was, I still enjoyed it for what it was. I think it was, was, I think it was a better film than a lot of people gave it credit for. Mm, So, yeah. Yeah. even though I felt like it had more in common with like an Indiana Jones movie than it did actually a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I I don't, I'm obviously, yeah, I'm I'm always going to say the original trilogy is the best trilogy. Mm. But my worry is it's going to, yeah, I think it all hedges on on what they do with episode nine because I think a lot of people have, well, obviously, if if you listen to the internet, obviously everyone's just going to be Oh my god! Because there's no way they can recover from episode eight, but mm. but I still have high hopes for it. I still think it can turn it back. Obviously, as I said, episode three came from episode two, so that's what I mean. You know, yeah. it's all well and okay to the beast. That's true. Lest we forget, you know. Hmm. Mm. It's a, it's a weird thing with with all the the films as well because like um uh, in, in very brief like I'd say with my my favourite being uh, episode 3 and then episode 5 um, close behind um, with all the new ones I mean I as a, kind of uh, the same thing as you Blake where I thought Force Awakens it is flawed story wise is a bit bland I wouldn't even say bland because I really enjoyed it safe. I just thought, yeah safe that's a good way of putting it but I really enjoyed that film like I thought it was so much fun and the, the characters are great and I really mm. liked Last Jedi I think I like it the least out of all the new ones maybe I'm not really sure I mean the Praetorian Guard scene is absolutely fucking amazing apart from probably episode 3 everyone and Anakin I'd say it's the best choreography of any of them it's just for sure yeah yeah. yeah. and um, 
I found it is a bit long though and there are some bits like the whole Canto Blight scene where they go to the casinos that's just dull but yep. Rose is so, such a pithy boring character and all, every line of dialogue she has it just sounds so lame and forced it but, does yeah I know what you mean like there is I can see why she exists but at the same time just like sometimes she just sounds so fucking wanky yeah it's like well you're like a fucking wet towel or you're like a used yeah. tampon of a character it's like <laughs> probably out of use but really yeah. you have to see it um but yeah, and Solo I found like was like Solo. It was enjoyable and it was cool. But I found that unlike any other film of all the Star Wars films, there was not a single scene where which stood out. Like even with obviously Phantom Menace is the Darth Maul battle and the glory of Jewel of Fates. You know, yeah. Episode Two, the first. There's a lot of parts of that movie that are quite crap. But the end of Episode Two, I think, once the the Geonosis they go through the droid factory and yeah. they're in the, the Coliseum from it's that the last 45 minutes is amazing. You're watching Yoda go badass on Dooku is awesome. See, uh, yeah, I kind of I'm the opposite on that particular point. But otherwise, the Geonosis stuff is is superb. You know, yeah, I, the, the, there's also a really good Obi Wan detective movie in there as well. Oh, the, in the Camino bit. Yeah, I yeah, like I like all of Obi-Wan's bits. I just hate the whole basically Adme, Adme, Padme and Anakin just blandly talking near each other, not yeah. really looking at each other, and then just suddenly being in love. And the and obviously, you know, forced pear eating, which is a bit weird and yeah, kind just of and contrived. Really slowly lifting it up and then moving it to her. She cuts a tiny bit off and then brings it back. And it's like... And eats it before it touches her mouth as well, if you look closely. <laughs> Those <laughs> fantastic CG gaps oh, from the early from 2000s. That. I'm actually worried to re-watch episode two again because like episode one gets a bit better every time I watch episode two. It's the opposite. It gets a bit worse. Oh, yeah. really? So that's why I'm a bit like, I'm, too, I'm scared to just go... I'm fine to just have my memory of it because I thought if I watch it again, I'm going to hate it more. <laughs> I used to it used to be my favourite. Before episode three came out, I had them all on VHS. Um, hmm. For the, the young kids of the audience, that's a videotape. Yes. <laughs> um, Remember them, kids? No? <laughs> okay. I had, well, um, bollocks to you. Yeah, fuck off then. You don't understand true Star Wars. Um, before, <laughs> um, you went there, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before, Gate, you know, welcome back to Gatekeeping Chit Chat. <laughs> <laughs> The elitist, the elitist train. Yeah. Oh, oh God. No, we we tried that, and they tried that in the forties. It didn't work out well. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do that. But, yeah. Uh, I find with um with all the, all those uh the films, they will have like a, a standout moment. I mean, mm-hmm. you hope. I'd say lesser. One of my issues with New Hope is it is very dated and trying to get like I got my girlfriend. Yeah, it's, it's a hard sell. Like I actually think I, I said this on Talk Star Wars not long ago. Actually, if you're gonna introduce somebody to the films completely fresh, I actually think you're better off starting with Force Awakens now. You think Force Awakens now? Yeah, just is that because it's the best out of the three starting films? Not the best because New Hope is a game changer, <laughs> but it's so dated and quite it's, slow. Yeah, it's the one. Uh, so for me, it's like the one out of the films that you don't need to have seen. I need to go back and rewatch it, having said that, because I kind of posited this on the fly. Mm. And I haven't actually had a chance to go and test my hypothesis. But I, I suspect that it's sufficiently vague about the, the original trilogy in terms of the stuff it talks about that you can probably get away with watching it, not having seen any of the other films, and it still makes enough sense. Mm. I haven't had a chance to test this theory yet because like I say, I mentioned it on a show, said it on the fly and haven't had a chance to go back and watch Force Awakens since. But I think, I think you're you right. Force Awakens, they, I, meant, they keep it, the stuff they reference is in enough self-contained, you know, it's self-contained and explained enough around it that you can probably get away with seeing Force Awakens cold. 
Except maybe yeah. the Death Star bit when they keep comparing Starkiller base to the Death Star. Yeah, maybe. Bit, but I think you can still probably pick it up. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree your point, and I can see that. But my only worry is, um, I don't know. The only thing that I think would be lost by doing that is the um, emotional hit of uh, of Han Solo. Yeah, I, I I do get what you mean. Like at that point, the the only way you could sort of the only resonance it would have is this is a guy. This is the first guy to show Ray any kind of compassion as a sort of you know like a an older figure since she's been abandoned on Jakku. Mm. And it, it kind of, yeah. I mean, that I, I know what you mean. The way the impact of that is less is lessened because you don't have the context of who Han Solo is apart from like a sort of deadbeat dad. That's <laughs> like pretty much the yeah, exactly. only context you have for him. Is like, you know, his son kind of he's a wrong one. He turned out bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I found with with Solo, my issue with the film is just that there is I've, I've watched it um, twice now because um, I've seen all the films numerous times. But mm-hmm. um, I've rewatched Solo when I got it and stuff. Uh, and I showed my girlfriend; she'd seen like a couple of Star Wars films, but we basically watched them all from Episode One in mm-hmm. uh, chronological order, just to kind of makes Ouch. the most. Um, yeah, um, just because otherwise she'd get confused between some of the time jumps and all that sort of other stuff. And I just thought, especially with Rogue One, it makes a lot more sense if she's coming into it kind of fresh face to watch Rogue One before de- the episode four. Otherwise it just gets a bit muddled. I can't, I don't want her not enjoying films because they don't make sense to her. I'd rather she didn't enjoy them because she has an actual, doesn't yeah. like them for a more valid reason. But Solo, I just found nothing wild me. I, I did really enjoy it, but I can't think of a single scene which happened. And I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's not a massive, there's not that massive gut punch. I, I must mm. admit the, I suppose the only bit is, oh, Darth Maul's in it at the end. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. And that must be really cool for a lot of the casual viewers, but for any of us who've seen Clone Wars or Rebels, it was like, oh, crap, he's in. That's amazing. But we, it's not, it's our oh, I knew he was yeah, alive yeah, at yeah. that time. It's more, I'm excited for anyone else to see the film because I already knew he's alive at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a big shock for me. Like, no. I mean, yeah, if I'd just seen the film, yeah, that would be a shock. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but... That's the thing. I do agree. You know, it, it's not that there's not good scenes in it, like um, like the whole Castle Run thing is oh, good. Oh yeah, there's definitely um, good scenes. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. There's nothing that's like, wow, that's amazing. I do, mm. I do agree with that. It's just, it's just solid. I think it's solid. yeah. Yeah, it's no, there's no parts of it you watch it and are cringy like the prequels or really slow like some of the originals. But mm. there's it's it's like quite evenly paced the whole time. I'd say it's kind of like rating wise, it's consistently a seven or eight out of ten. Just the the entire yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good. Yeah, I, I agree pretty, with that. Yeah, very good summary. Mm. And what about you, Rob? As we've uh, we've been talking about Star Solo, like, I'd like to hear your opinion. That's cool. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of of the films. I think Empire is still like the best for me, but mm. I, I already know this. I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of conflict about whether or not Rogue One should be going up the list, mm. and Episode Three is kind of up there and in the mix. Um, mm. I like the dark ones. That's the thing. I like the ones with the, the darker subject exactly matter. The same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, That's what just, I was hoping with the new ones was going to happen. And Force Awakens started doing that, and I was like, yes. And then Last Jedi didn't as much, and I'm just a bit like, mm. yeah. I didn't really feel like I felt like they. If anything, I felt like they went too far in that direction with Last Jedi because now the entire Resistance can fit on the Millennium Falcon. It's like that's yeah. not ideal for. And you kind of like, know the ending. Like I'm obviously with Episode Nine, not. I don't know any new information or anything like that. I don't try. I try not to pay attention to any of the sort of fan theories or anything because I get my hopes up or whatever. But I generally, I think the general consensus is probably Kylo Ren's going to die. 
Yeah. And Ray's probably going to start a new Jedi Order, not dissimilar to Luke in Legends, or they're both going to die, and the kind of legend of the Jedi is going to nicely live on until Disney decide to make episode 10 in probably 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. I think what I would have liked to have happen is that they kind of ended number nine with the sort of view to episode 10 being a very different story, mm. like almost to the point where, you know, Kylo and Ray have kind of flipped allegiances. Ooh. And because, uh, you know, but then I don't see them doing that for various reasons. Some kind almost, of storyline. Last Jedi, almost. I was like, that would have been a brilliant twist to Last Jedi where like they slowly kind of converge. And it doesn't quite happen. Then episode nine, they cross and Ray's actually the bad one and Kylo's redemption. That would be yeah. brilliant. But now they've kind of gone way too far with it. I so. think, yeah, I think they've kind of walked that one away now, um, which is a shame because I think that's, you know, what I would have liked to see them do in Last Jedi is, is almost end at the throne room scene where they finish taking out the Praetorian guards and then kind of to the point where you don't really know, like has, has Kylo kind of come to the light? Has Ray gone a bit dark? Are they kind of, is it just like a, you know, partnership of convenience? Are they, is one going to try and, you know, convert the other or vice, you know, are both going to be trying to convert each other in episode nine could have been all about that sort of back and forth, trying to one, trying to convince the other to go to the dark or light or whatever. Mm-hmm. But instead, we ended up with you know. Do you want to do you want to join up? Nah, mate. Nah, you're up. <laughs> nah, bro. You good? Nah, fam. <laughs> yeah. Directed by. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, the probably the man with one of the most thankless jobs in all of Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and now he's making like a trilogy that everyone's going to be eating on. And I haven't heard anything about that trilogy in a long time. Yeah, I think after all the hit back, it's gone quiet. <laughs> it's gone quiet. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's still. I see no reason why it's not happening anymore. Like unless it was going to be standalone, in which case now they're talking. You know, there's there's been rumblings that they're kind of walking the standalone stuff back. So yeah, unless it was something like that, where it's just kind of caught in the mix, I feel like it's probably going to be announced. I think maybe celebration this year. Who knows? Yeah, well, they're also focusing on the the Benioff Weiss series. The guys who made the Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, yeah, making a saga of films. Um, yes, no one really knows when. I mean, obviously, there's the Mandalorian series made by yep. John Favreau, yes. and there's going to be the Cassian Andor series prequeling uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Which both of them are going to be very interesting to see. Hopefully, they're going to be a bit more dark and a bit more gritty and stuff. But that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll kind of, I suppose, we'll see. But I'd be interested to know with you two with. Um, the term milking, I, I, I've asked a couple of mates this. A lot of people say they're milking Star Wars. Okay. And I'd be interested to know what you guys, your opinions of what milking actually is. Because I would argue Star Wars isn't milked uh, because there's still demand for it. And in my opinion, even though Last Jedi was a bit squiffy, the quality is still there for now. But a lot of people who say don't like any of the new films, they go, no, it's definitely being milked now. So I, I don't know what your guys' opinions are, not just of Star Wars, but in general of milking, in air quotes. I think any franchise that has so much merch attached to it <laughs> yeah. has always been a fucking Cravendale plant, to be honest. Like, forget just... <laughs> it's It's been... You know, I, I think the milk ship sailed decades ago. You know, like, I don't see... I think nowadays it's just kind of... There's this almost hipster-esque aversion to success in business. So it's like any, anything where businesses are doing well is seen as like somehow bad, just kind of inherently. But then at the same time, these are the same people who tweet it from their iPhones. So all bets are fucking off as to what's going on with their levels of cognitive distance. Uh, it's, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, commercially, Star Wars has, has been a, 
a property like that for at least 20 years, if not, you know, the whole time. Because yeah, even something as it was the first really huge film in terms of toy stuff. Mm-hmm. That was the one that really set the world on fire in terms of toy lines and toy stuff. And every character, you know, when you've got a line of figures that includes background aliens who you only see for a second and a half represented in action figure form, I think that's milking. I think by that definition of trying to get every, eke every last penny out of it, they've already done, they've already made, they started that journey in like 78, I think, that, and they've just never stopped. So I think it's always been a thing. It's just that now, because it's, you know, because it's owned by Disney, it's seen as like, oh, boo, Disney, big, big company, bad, Lucasfilm, big company, but good for some reason. Like <laughs> it's this, this weird perception about global conglomerates and this sort of, you know, the good ones and the bad ones. It's like, no, they're all just companies trying to make money and trying to pay people and do the best for their shareholders. Like this, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing anyway because obviously like I say people having money from jobs is good you know just that's that's why you do jobs surely that said Rob I think it's more the actual I think the more focus of the question was more on the fact that the amount of films that have been produced in comparison to it's not I'm just it's more just your opinions on general or anything like this just as a drop off point yeah I've just because I've said that I basically I was a mate of mine um who I regularly debate with about this sort of idea and the main thing that i've kind of what i try and do and i disagree with someone um when it's normally quite polar opinions i'll try and kind of do one extreme of their opinion i'll be like okay is a sequel of one film milking and the answer is well no okay okay is a trilogy milking no okay so is two trilogies uh, uh is that then milking the answer is normally then yes, but it's like, okay. But for example, you know, Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit milking. And it, you can go, you can kind of hit it at every angle. And I think yeah. it, it, it's the same as Marvel. A lot of people say Marvel is milking it. So if you're creating a cinematic universe with all these characters, that's a risk. We, yeah. It's like, or, or is it like, how can one milk it if the plan from the get go is almost let's have this up or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I certainly get what you're saying. Um, I think, um, with like Lord of the Rings, I think is less guilty of it than any than some of the other franchises, just because from my to the best of my recollection, there's been there's been a couple of video games and some there's been some toys and things, but generally it's primarily the books and the films. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, if there's one part of it that I thought was milking, it was more the decision to stretch out the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would be... Uh, yeah, I would agree. That's probably, that, that's probably qualifies. Milking, or like milking, it's, you know, Harry Potter into the last part into two films because you don't, like... I mean, I'm sure that's, it's not a case if you don't know how to edit, thus you can't cut stuff out. There's a lot of story to tell, I realise, but, you know, I think now, if they would... Having said that, I wonder if were they to do it now, like were Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows to be coming out this year, I think they would have just gone for a three-hour film. Because now it's we seem to be less averse to it as a cinema going audience, especially because tickets are so fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. that, you know, you want to get your money's worth. So it's like Lord of the Rings marathon, yes, please. Extended oh, cuts, please. I will say though, um, here's a thing I was thinking of uh, before, um, which I don't know why they didn't do it. I think they kind of did a little bit with the first two films, but like, how happy would people have been if they did with the Harry Potter films what they did with the Lord of the Rings films, which is release extended versions of each of the films? Yeah, like I mean, I've I read a couple of Harry Potter books, but to be honest, in my opinion, J.K. Rowling has got great ideas, but when it comes to actually writing them, I don't. 
really agree with her writing style. But mm. I say don't agree with it. I mean, like I read it and I don't think she's the best writer. Um, but I would agree. Yeah, I think the story she tells is really good, but I don't necessarily think she she's the strongest. So like George Lucas, teller. yeah, but he's got some of the best ideas in sci-fi history. Yet when you leave him to purely his own devices, he fucks up a bit. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I will say um, if you haven't read it already and you like the stories of J.K. Rowling, her um, crime stuff where she writes under the pseudonym, under Rob, Robert, uh, Robert Galbraith, is fucking great. Really? really I know it sold like, quite badly and then when she was oh, under the pseudonym. No, and then I love them. They're fantastic. They're oh, okay. really, really great. They're just old style, you know, old school standard kind of beat, you know, people walking the beat detective stuff. They're not like super technical cybercrime stuff. Mm. They're very much like old school, you know, like yeah. Morse and Holmes and things like that. Just... You know, you one person and their wits, and maybe like they've got an assistant, that sort of thing. But it's they're just it's just really, really good. Is it quite not is it quite noiry? Um, not so much. It's like modern day um okay. setting. Like it's it's I just of, didn't know if it might tick your box that was on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's, horizon though, is it? It's no, not, no. no. Well, very few things can be, you know. <laughs> Right. Only one film on the Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah, only, in fact, only one film has ever been successfully able to be Event Horizon. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake! Um, I don't know why that's an objection. I like, be, I, I like the fact that because of this crossover, now Event Horizon's mentioned on both halves. So that's really well. Yes. Really well. Oh, <laughs> well done! I, ah, I, I need to go watch Event Horizon now to, to make sure I actually because I haven't even seen the film. You'll thank me. Yeah, like, fuck it, film night, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the first of its kind, a two-part live stream across two different podcasts. <laughs> DVD commentary across two different but podcasts. But Event Horizon of all the films. Yeah. yeah, so we're up to the bit where... <laughs> and uh, now we're going to switch over to the other feed, so uh, see you in a week. <laughs> I was going to ask... Well, I was going to ask, it sounds like it's uh, pre-thought of. Um, but... What, what do you think of those podcasts? Once again, in podcasting, I'm happy for anyone to do anything and release sure. whatever they want, you know. And I don't listen to many, I don't listen to any true crime. I only listen to a couple of audio dramas. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's conversational ones, it's kind of my jam. But one thing I don't really get, and I've not got an issue with it, I want to clarify that to any listeners. I do not have a problem with people doing it. I just yeah. don't get it, is the minute by minute pod of um, I'm, films. I'm I don't impressed. know if I've just not heard enough. Yeah, but... I'm impressed by the people who can do it because mm. I just don't have that level of. You know, I, I don't have that level of aficionado in me that I can analyze something in that much depth. Should ruin the film, surely? Like we're having to talk for like somewhere between fifteen minutes and an hour about a minute of film. It's peculiar to me. Like, just you know, how can I, I feel like you know when you're talking about movies on a movie podcast, just generally, obviously you can. You know, I've, I've heard this done on shows before where they sort of they do a you know an hour and a half about a film, but interspersed with discussion about the film itself is a little bit behind the scenes trivia. And all that stuff. I can't imagine that there's a lot of market for like behind the scenes trivia minute by minute. You know, like, oh, well, you know, the funny thing about this particular minute is completely distinct from the minute before and the minute after. Actually, mm. in this bit, you see a thing. And, that, and actually, the actor's been on record as saying, like, this particular minute was like the hardest one he'd ever filmed. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine it's that, you know, there's that much detail to be working with. So I'm always impressed mm. by people who can do it. But no, I don't I think really... it borders on too much like film studies level yeah, stuff for me. Yeah, like it's when too, I was too too much info, really. Yeah, it's like that period of when I was doing English literature at school and I lost interest in reading for fun for a while just because you'd gone into so much subtext and mm. uh, all that shit. 
And now I'm very much a remedial kind of level of analysis when it comes to books and films. I'm like, oh, pretty lights, explosions. I like this. That's kind but, of what I do. I, there's a lot of, there's a, if it's a film which is all about the storyline, then that's, you know, that's what I'll focus on. But it's yeah. like, so with Star Wars, one of the things I say to people um, is Star Wars for me is an escape. I love it. I, I, the, my, the reason Star Wars is like my favorite movie and why I've got a tattoo on me is my dad got me into it when I was younger. My dad passed away a few years ago. Mm. So that's kind of like a homage to him. But yeah. also, the, it's something unlike any other film. Like you get the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's all intertwined and stuff. And But the comics are kind of like alternate versions of events and things. But yeah. Star Wars is excluding Legends, obviously, even though there's kind of still, but let's not delve too far deep into that. Star Wars, it's like, you know, here's one of the main films plus his comics, plus his books, plus his now slowly games, yep. you know, each of these things, even if it's not actually directly relating to one of the things in the main film, it's still happening in that universe. Yeah. And that's what I like so much about it, you know? Um, and it's that building of the universe. Mm. I can't remember my main point and what we were talking about before this. I had it and it's as soon as one of you say it, it's going to come back. Yeah, no. It's yeah. well, you're talking about the minute by minute shows, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. with Star Wars. Um, I think the thing I was kind of uh, alluding to is behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I don't. There's a lot of cool stuff about Star Wars behind the scenes because the making of the uh, New Hope, some of the, the stories by that of like, mm-hmm. what George Lucas actually did, it's really interesting. But yeah. I, I found this with Doctor Who as well. I used to watch that when I was a bit younger. Is that when I see behind the scenes and I'm watching all the actors get all their face makeup on, all the, the you know the prosthetics of the mm-hmm. aliens, and I'm watching oh the Millennium Falcon, you know they didn't actually do what they looks like in the film. It's all green screen this and that. Yeah, and I just find that when I then watch the film itself, I see that. And it, it takes me out of the emotion mm. a little bit. Like, I yeah. know aliens aren't real in the same way they are in Star Wars, at least. Sure. But if I then watch a thing breaking down, explaining exactly how it was prosthetically made and the actor yeah. behind it, I then watch it and I just like, I just see that thing. It's mm-hmm. only hit movie mistakes and stuff. Like, there's, um, you know, Evil Dead, the, the, the original Evil Dead movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's um, my, my brother's a massive he, he, Bruce Campbell fan. He calls him Juicy Brucey, and um, he uh, I watched all the Evil Dead movies with him and stuff. And in the first Evil Dead movie, um, because it's so low budget, they didn't have like a proper image of the moon, so or like a proper CGI or anything. So they took a photo of the moon and cut it out and put it on like photo paper or something like that. And it, you can actually see like the edges of where it's Paper, been yeah, because it hasn't been cut quite to the line or whatever. Yeah, it, it's yeah. something, it, it may not be exactly, I may be slaughtering this, but it's something to do with the moon and something like that. And yeah. it's just like... And you can't not see it now. Yeah, exactly. And with <clears> Evil Dead, it's funny. It's fine because it's an old film and now that you watch it, it's not as serious anymore. But when you get more films that are trying to be quite serious, quite about emotion, it's just a bit, for me personally, I'm not into it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. The thing that I've noticed about podcasts recently, I don't know if you've, you've seen this as well, Mike, is there's been this really quick shift where I've seen no audio dramas and now they're fucking everywhere. Mm, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I love the fact that they exist because, you know, I I've, I've have a certain sort of nostalgic soft spot for those kind of old audio dramas like... The yeah, ones that all, the galaxy and stuff. Yeah, things like that. And like the ones that audio uh, audible, sorry, are doing now, like other listen other services are available, do my due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the ones that they do, like they do the alien ones and they've done Murder on the Orient Express and War of the Worlds and things like that. And I just I really like that format of storytelling. Mm. So I really love that they exist. But that now I was I just idly browsing iTunes today. Um and there's loads, there's dozens. Like all of a sudden they seem to have just sprung up. But <laughs> 
It's very peculiar to me. Everyone just decided the same day, let's produce one, and they've all just taken the same amount of time. To- Maybe, yeah. Um, that's it. I mean, I, I, like I say, I love it. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased that's a medium that's there. There's not two called unexpected audio dramas, are there? No, no, it's not the, the unexpected audio drama. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, we, we, we put bang here on the calendar and like we thought that would be the one. No, somebody <laughs> just fucking beat baby. me to it and spaffed you know, early. Your baby, and then also, you know, your fucking podcast is framed, I think. Why do we even have you? Yeah, I feel like Leap Year Babies is probably a good podcast name if it's not already. Mm. Yeah, it does sound like one. But then I've never been good at that stuff, so maybe I'm talking at me. <laughs> I'm not good at it, am I? I didn't even name my own fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will say I did do that, but um, I did get the idea from another podcast I was listening to at the time. Um, yeah. It's a fun story that I tell in that little audio, in that little Kindle book I put up last year. The, you uh, put up a Kindle book last year? I did, yeah. Just And in fact, actually, if your friend is interested in getting into podcasting, the technical stuff you can get online, but the philosophical stuff, I've, I think I do a good job of summing up the stuff to think about. I would definitely send that his way. I'm, yeah, I'll yeah. have to, get to send it to me after the show. I most certainly can do that, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, the, the one that gets me, uh, we talked about it a bit last episode. Um, I've <laughs> I found that basically... I don't know. Are you on? Um, I know you're on the Facebook group. So, you on any uh, subreddits for podcasting? Um, I've I follow podcasting and podcasts, yeah. but that's, yeah, that's, that's it. those are the two for me as well. And there's one. Okay. There's almost always every couple of let's say every couple of months at least. There's a thread. What kind of shows do you want to just stop? Like just stop happening. Hmm. And I'm really annoyed because one of the ones that always pops up is near the top. Is like the show about nothing where people are just sitting around talking bollocks. I'm like, bitch, I was doing this for years. <laughs> it's just, it really, it's like, I get it. Cause you know, I understand the appeal as well. Cause if you've got like, you, you know, you came into your thing with a mission. I came into mine with a mission of like, I got some fucking funny friends. I reckon they, you know, I reckon they'd be entertaining as a sort of, you know, as a, rec- as a broadcast. Mm. And you've got your thing of like, I want to talk to lots of different people from different walks of life. But I do get the appeal of I'm a podcaster. I want to do a podcast. I've really got a subject in mind. Thus, the the you know the the no you know the the sort of the no format bollocks podcast appeals. But I can't help that everybody's jumped onto that. <laughs> I feel like because this would be like episode seventy-seven for us. Yeah. It, it feels like it looks like we've not done not been doing it for very long, even though we really have. But it's just you know, as you may find, I'm sure you've found, it can sometimes be difficult to get people together on a call to get it done. And I think there were times where we probably, me and Blake probably should have just done a two man show where we were like, Oh no, we'll wait for more people. And then just more people never came. And then just the episodes just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And when we eventually did a two man show, we got really loads of really lovely feedback about it. So I really enjoyed your two man show. I was like, good. Thank you. Okay. Now I don't feel so weird about doing it. If we need to, that's good. I wish I'd done this fucking months and years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's weird with podcasting as well. Cause it's, yeah, as it's becoming a more, uh, as it's getting more traction and stuff, you're finding that there's now becoming, uh, more and more, uh, more, almost like a fandom. There's like a more of a podcast fan. Yes. There's a lot more elite. Yes. There's totally. a lot more people who are just oh, like, sure. yeah. like the amount of people who are just like, um, oh, on podcasts, I can't handle it when people like cough or I can't handle it when you can hear their breathing and shit like that. And I'm just like, you're listening to two people actually talk. Like, yeah. that, like if it's an audio drama or something for immersion, like, I can understand that. But like, and some people say, oh, I hate hearing people chomping and okay, yeah, eating while podcasting is you know not very uh, polite, you know, it's not very considerate of your listeners. It's not but, ideal. Like, 
<laughs> Blake just puts on a little knowing smile there. It's like, sometimes I need crisps. Fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't get angry about it. No, you don't I'm get gonna... to this weight being not eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you made it sad. <laughs> to pre- reel out the depressed try for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I know what you mean. Like it's, it's a weird, it's a weird and wonderful medium. And, but at the same time, I think people have got, because there's so many professional podcasting, like, because every outlet ends up with multiple podcasts, like somewhere like an IGN or a Nerdist or whatever has so many different shows. They can literally spin one up that day. If they want to, if they want to do one, they can just spin it up on the day and they can just have it production, professional production out the door on the day. No problem. Mm-hmm most people aren't like that. Like most people are doing it in their free time. Like we are, we're recording on a Tuesday night, you know, in one round, you know, a random Tuesday that we've mutually agreed is the time we can make. And I'm going to have to, like I said, I'm going to have to, I said to you on the, in the off air, I'm going to have to take it on my commute and I'm going to have to listen to it through and make sure it's, you know, make sure it's acceptable. And yeah, as as much as we get anyway. Um, And, you know, it takes time out of our free time to do this stuff. And then when I see on like a stitch, there's a Stitcher one, the Stitcher podcasters group. And actually I was really happy that um, Kyle from the Tumbling Saber podcast, who's a friend of ours, was was watching this thread because he somebody said, um, you know, what's your kind of limit on, it's like how forgiving are you of, of sounds? And some, I don't mind saying, I, I'm never going to meet the guy, so I don't mind saying up himself prick. <laughs> some self-important wanker was in there saying, the listeners are really annoyed by this more than you might think. And I was like, have you asked them all? Or are you just being a wanker? Fuck mm-hmm. off, wanker. And uh, Kyle came in and said, yeah, I used to be funny about breathing and ums and ahs and you know awkward silences and stuff. But then I realized it was taking me three hours to edit each hour of audio. And I don't have the fucking time. I was like, yeah. Kyle, you are my hero in so many ways, but especially now because you are just articulating what most of us are thinking. Fuck yeah. off, wanker, fuck off. I know, it's <laughs> one of those things where, like, especially with podcasting is, generally speaking, a free medium, you know, uh, yeah. from, unless you're, you're really rich or famous or something and you can manage to have some sort of subscription service, which in my personal, for me, my, my business model, <laughs> call it business, <laughs> business model is, um, obviously I'm not doing that. I'd rather more people got it and it was free than uh, yeah. a few people. I got paid. Yeah, but it's yeah. like people they do it with bands as well, and with bands, I say you know with uh, Spotify and also with like you know this laptop. You know, I could have easily instead of Photoshop and Audacity or whatever, I could have put on. Mm. That's a bad example, but you know, I could have put on some sort of editing studio. Most guitars now you can plug into computers and all these sort of other things. It's not hard to make music in the same way it used to be. So this, the market's a lot more saturated. Not more people are doing it, but people were still really twatty about it it seems not yeah. quite the same degree as podcasting but it's like these people are basically doing this shit for free yes. um, because they're passionate about it and they enjoy it if you don't like it that's completely fine you're well within your right to not like it but you don't have to be a prick about it no exactly and you can also you're also welcome to stick a spin up your ass and get to fuck island <laughs> one of those things i heartily recommend anybody who's you know particularly precious about the audio like i just use the term particularly precious which is you know it's a double plosive so I can't, I'm not going to be able to get that completely out of my audio. It's just so people actually realize my plosives. I don't know. Like, I, I hope not because if, you know, I'm one of those people who speaks quite, you know, a lot. And, <laughs> and if, if, uh, if I'm producing excessive amounts of plosive power in my positioning of my speech, <laughs> 
that one was just gratuitous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. But um, yeah, if, if I'm producing a lot of that stuff, then I can't really, I'm not, like I say, I'm not, a, I'm not in the Joe Rogan boat, you know? I'm not uh, yeah, well, one of those guys who's... Expert in audio. Yeah, and, and also I don't, I don't have an employee on staff whose sole job it is to make the audio sound good. It's just not, some, it's not something I can justify the expense of because there is not a lot of, there's like a small amount of income from like, you know, some uh, podcast ads at the beginning and end and things like that. But it's very, very minimal. It's not it's like, like... Covering the hosting costs. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It covers the hosting costs and maybe it makes it feel like less of a colossal waste of fucking time on my off days. <laughs> 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 because believe me, like there are days where I'm just like, I could just shut it all down, couldn't I? That would be, that wouldn't be so bad, would it? Maybe, maybe I could do that. Like, and I even get those days sometimes. I'll be having yeah. like a like I did it almost on this Sunday night, um, where um, unfortunately the episode I was doing was the one with the blind director that I mentioned before, who's like a real inspiration to me. Yeah, uh, and it's like I feel like almost a dick complaining, but like I was listening <laughs> to the podcast and I didn't get. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with my mates uh, on Sunday. We finished a campaign, um, so it ran quite late, and then I was like, okay now from i think it was like eight o'clock or something we started mm-hmm. like quite early it's like okay now it's eight o'clock i have to eat dinner get my stuff ready for work tomorrow and also do all the details for basically a podcast almost from scratch because all i've got is like the audio i haven't done anything else to it yeah. so i think i went to bed at like half one mm-hmm. and i was just like and, and i got up at like seven and i was just like i felt really tired all day at work and i was like I'm doing this as a passion project and I don't expect this to necessarily go anywhere. I mean, that'd be the dream, but it's more for my own thing. And it's just like, would I be happier if I didn't have a podcast at all? And Mm. I don't, I I don't often think like that. You know, I'm pretty certain that is the amount of new people I meet, you know, including your two lovely selves and, you know, so a lot of the connections I make and all these sorts of other things, they out, that when I'm doing them, when I'm, you know, having this chat or anything like that, it definitely makes it worth it. But you do get those nights where you're just by yourself and you're editing and you're like, you know, mm. I'm happy with any listeners I get. I do appreciate each and every listener I get. Yeah, totally. But when you're, you know, when you're not getting you know, tens of thousands, it can, you can look at it sometimes and just go, uh, do people care enough sometimes just a bit like, if I just turn this off, no one's going to cry about, you know, genuine chit chat, not being on podcasting anymore. <laughs> you know, I do occasionally have that thought. I'd be sad. Oh, thank you. Especially now we've had a, pro- a chance to properly, properly chat. You know, yeah. Instead of like random passing messages and exactly, a yeah, just app. random, random Slack messages of like, does this, does this day sound good? Yes, that sounds good. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No actual flow, mm. but obviously, I don't want to clarify anyone listening. I'm not demotivated or anything. But there no, is, no, no. I, I've got a lot of friends who are musicians and stuff, and they feel the same. Where it's like, you know, when you're releasing the music or when you're on stage, like playing it, it's amazing. But it's, you know, when you're driving to a gig for three hours in like a fucking tiny van and then you set up for ages, the main bands are assholes. And then you play to a show full of about seven people and then you mm-hmm. drive home. It's like, that costs me money to drive out and do all that stuff. And it's like, yeah. is it worth it? And, you know, I guess it's one of those things of podcasts is I know that, um, most podcasts like a, a, a quite a high percentage of them uh don't get past i think it's like the fifth or tenth episode or something i people, think yeah that sounds about right to be honest yeah because people just don't realize how much work it actually takes to not only start doing a podcast but to uphold it because you get the people yes. like you know who are like oh i'm just gonna start a podcast chat with my mates and then all of their mates are boring as fuck or they all bail and there's just like they do like three or four episodes and they're like i'm spending hours my week doing this and yeah i don't know <laughs> what we're doing i knew blake would be my rock but otherwise you know the rest of those fucking wasters, I'm never sure. <laughs> Did you get it with your podcast when you were like starting up and you asked loads of people, would you be on it? Would you come on this? And they all said yes. And then you actually do it. And then three quarters of them just change their mind afterwards. 
I don't know about that many. I, I, there've definitely been people where I've said, Oh, you know, it'd be great as if we can get you on and they go, yeah, yeah, sounds great. And then every time you ask them about it, it's like, ah, I can't really like, you know, and then you just like, eventually you just want to say, just say no, it's okay. Like, I'm, not gonna be, I'm not going to be cross. It's, it's all right. There's not going to be any drama. If you just want to say no, that's okay. And you can yeah. always, if you change your mind later, you can also say, can I come on? And I'll be like, yes, or fuck off. <laughs> I'm never likely to say fuck off unless I genuinely think it's going to be a bad experience for them. Like if it was, you know, somebody super introverted, like a 94 plus percenter yeah. and um, they're not going to have a good time. They're just no. not because they're going to be constantly on edge about like, oh, well, hang on. I don't know. I'm just going out to billions of potentially billions of people. Like, is this podcast fucking huge in Uganda? Like, this is a thing I need to, <laughs> I need to concern myself with. Suddenly. Wait, is, is this the 93rd top uh, sports podcast in Uganda? I, <laughs> so it's like sports wish, genre, yeah. but... I feel like we're probably like number one for automotive and transport somewhere. Like, just because crazy train. <laughs> somewhere in like Bulgaria or something. We're like the number one car and, you know, car and transport podcast. <laughs> They're hoping, like, the, the, you know, there's some email sitting in my spam filters somewhere about turning up at a convention for Wayward Tractor, you know, a tractor convention or something, because it's, like, we're transport-related. But I can dream, but I don't think that's the case. Or maybe just loads of insane asylum things. Just loads of people thinking that you're some sort of move, mobile insane asylum. That would make far more sense with our demographic. That would make a really good movie if you've got the right director <laughs> behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, you know, you go for a podcast convention, it turns out they're all mad. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I could probably, I'd watch that to be honest, especially yeah, put, so if they put Statham in it. <laughs> when Nicholas Cage genuinely thinking he's like gone insane and been committed. <laughs> he refers to every noun as a Statham. Yeah, I, I, I can believe it to be honest. I'd watch that yeah. film. Just yeah. to hear him say his own name and his accent or whatever and over again. That would be Yeah, awesome. that would, I, I would watch that. I would probably go for that, I think. Yeah, I definitely would too. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, like that's, I mean, we've probably been going for two hours, 10. Yeah. I was, I was, do we want to call it a, call it a night? Cause it's getting, you know, obviously for the listeners, it depends on when they started listening, but for us, it's getting kind of late. It is getting quite late. Yeah. (laughs) It really depends. You know, yeah, I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat, but I think we've come to a nice sort of gentle impasse where we can turn. Yeah. I I say, I've thoroughly enjoyed it as well. It's, we've, we've gained a lot in terms of kind of connecting with some of the Brit pod scene podcasts. Like we've made friends and we've got, we've had really great guests out of it and you know, you slot in nicely, I think into that. Thank so, you very much. You know, yeah. I think uh, people will very much enjoy. I mean, they may, they might find, you know, this experiment of the, the sort of crossfeed crossfeed podcast, the crossfeed epic, <laughs> um, whether that does what we hope it will do, who's to know, but at the same time, it's fun to try new things. Definitely, I hundred percent agree. And it's, it's collaboration is just one of the things where it's at the very worst you just have a nice chat with someone else. Like even exactly. if we do, and there's no cross pollination of our audiences whatsoever, it's still well, I've had a nice chat. So what's the there you, you go? Know, what's the harm, right? Exactly. Now, speaking of you know nice things and and stuff like that, and there was a really nice segue that was that just escaped me. I had it really right. It lined up, and then we've carried on talking. And it's gone. If people want, if people listen to this and they're like, this is the, this is a wonderful, yeah, I love this experiment. This is my favorite thing. Where can people find your show and social media things? Um, yeah, well, it's genuine chit chat. Um, cause whenever I say it normally genuine chit chat, you can't actually hear the pronunciation of it. Um, but it's, um, I'm on Instagram, genuine chit chat. Uh, I'm on, um, 
Well, actually, on Instagram, it's genuine underscore chit chat because I'm a moron. Uh, on Twitter, it's genuine chit chat. Uh, on Facebook, you can find it. I mean, what's quite good about my show is I've tried searching for it in loads of places. And if you type in genuine chit chat in Google, it will it will come up. Um, nice. You got so, some SEO action going on there. I do indeed. Yeah. Um, so it's just anywhere you know on Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, all the sort of anywhere I could kind of spread my seed over <laughs> I put it in there but um, I was going to say same for you as well because I think this part was going to be second half so I'll probably yeah, end well. up soldiering uh, we'll soldier some parts together or something but um, if you want to say what you're um, where to get you as well and I'll uh, yeah, so, so uh, obviously we talked about the Emotionally 14 as the banner um, emotionally14.com is the website the Crazy Train podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms and some of the shit ones, uh, including but not limited to Apple Podcasts. I think it's on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Spreaker. You know, there's basically the way I always say it is we're on every podcasting platform I know of. And if there's one we're not, then let me know and I can probably fix that. Same with me. Uh, yeah. Pretty much just as far as I know, it's everywhere. But, uh, you know, certainly Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. Uh, all of those are definitely in place and uh, should hopefully still be by the time this goes out. I would be very surprised if uh, if we've run afoul of anything that we haven't already, you know, if there's a line that Apple have or somebody like that for good taste, we fucking, that ship sailed long ago. So <laughs> that's probably a good sign that we're safe. Absolutely wonderful. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've had an absolutely great chat and I'll happily do this again with yourselves. It's um, just oh. a nice cool chat. Yeah, well, we most definitely have to do this again. Um, we, you know, now that we've got this, let's say, now we've opened ourselves up to this world of other people. We're just like, oh, we like them. We should have, we should have them back again. <laughs> so yeah, it will most definitely not be seventy-seven episodes before that happens next time. So, you know, rest assured that we will, no doubt, our paths will cross again in the not too distant future. I'm sure. Absolutely perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, Blake. Social media. I know you're fucking massive on it. You oh, are yeah, by I'm very far. Prolific on that. You are the best of. You are the best of us when it comes to uh, social media. So, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you can find me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at fucksake Blake. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Harmony Appreciator, and also on Facebook. We obviously there are the mostly fourteen um, like so. There's the crazy train pages and the gamecast page as well yeah yeah so we've, we've got, got, got a group so facebook groups where people just come and shit post um obviously crazy trains just people just sharing stupid memes and us sharing the new episodes and then the gamecast is people sharing stupid memes but they're about games <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the only difference really there's very much there's very much a demographic like a you know there's a core to everything it's like a bunch of shit posting with a theme of blank <laughs> where blank is insert thing here that's very much what we end up going for there. Um, I'm on Twitter, incidentally, at uh, Rob Wade Vision, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and then I'm on I'm behind the curtain at Emotionally 14 and at Talk Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram as well. So if you want to interact with me, those are the places to do it. I don't really do Facebook so much apart from sharing stuff. That's pretty much my exclusive use of Facebook, and I'm very much happier for it. Uh, but there you go, Mike. Thank you for joining us. And... Uh, you know, well, technically, thank you for joining me as well. Well, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a, thank you for having us. We, we've all just enjoyed joining each other. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, been a lovely time. So, um, it felt weirdly intimate, <laughs> romantic. Yeah, romantic. exactly. I think bromantic is like a good, you know, it's a good, a good summary. Yeah, that works. Yeah, a good summary of what's transpired. Um, but yeah, for the for the crazy train, this train terminates here. And yeah, <laughs> thanks for everyone for listening. See you later. Peace. And that's the end of the podcast. 
thanks as always for tuning in guys um, as I said at the start if you hadn't checked out part one be sure to go check that out on the crazy train podcast um, and also you know be sure to check out Emotionally 14 and all the sort of things that they do because all their podcasts and associated podcasts are fantastic. Now, as I always say, you know, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, Instagram's generally the place I post the most. Um, there's 30 second snippets of episodes that I release on there. So if you're sort of unsure and you don't listen to every episode, be sure to check that out. Um, I also post movie reviews. Um, I go traveling a small amount. So I normally post a picture or two when I go traveling. Um, nice meals, these sorts of, you know, Instagrammy things. So if you want to see food, movie reviews, audio snippets, and a small like insight into my life then follow me on instagram if you're more about discovering other podcasts and other podcasters um check me out on twitter you know uh, instagram is at genuine underscore chit chat whereas twitter is just at genuine chit chat because i'm a moron um coming up over the following weeks um next week should be the release of my episode with the american comedian um i haven't disclosed his name as of yet because just in, we haven't actually recorded it yet and just in case anything happens you know uh, i don't want to sort of name drop and then him not it seems really, I don't know, disingenuous or something, but still, that should be out next week. Um, and then after that, I haven't 100% decided what I'm going to release because that will be the first week of March. Um, I may release part one of my chat with the gentleman from the Church of Satan. I haven't fully really decided. It may be the chat with Beth Crane um, of We Fix Space Junk, or it may be something else entirely. I haven't fully really figured it out, but they're the sort of things that we've got coming up, so you can look forward to all of those. Um, as well as those, I've got three or four recordings due, um, a couple of CEOs, a couple of podcasters, and a couple of neither of those things. So, you know, that's an exciting thing for me as well. I think that is just about everything, guys. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is upcoming that's really super important. Uh, I may be missing something, but I don't know. So, you know, always appreciate a like or a review or any sort of feedback of any kind or sharing of the show. You know, it means a lot to me and it makes a big difference. So... Thanks as always for tuning in guys and I'll talk to all of you next week.